Hi, and welcome to Short and Spooky, the podcast about horror and sci-fi anthology shows from the 80s and 90s. I'm John Sorrow. I'm Tom O'Flaherty. Let's get spooky. Video games, watch a movie, and then by the time I'm off work, it's all sunny, and I'm like, shit, now I'm yep. going to feel guilty if I don't do something. When I first moved to California, uh, someone told me, they're like, you're going to feel guilty that first time it's, to the Bay Area at least, the, you're going to not do anything, and it's going to be a gorgeous day, and... They're like, don't worry about it. Like, this is like what it's like every day except for like five days a year. And yeah, I remember the first time I was just like stayed inside. I was looking for a job. Uh, the girl I was dating at the time was working. And I just played like video games for like eight hours. And uh, yeah, I felt bad. But then I realized <laughs> that you don't have to. Not too bad, right? No. What were your uh, impressions of California before you came out here? Did um, you feel like everyone like surfs to work and stuff or... Do you think it was going to be like like Venice Beach or something? like? Not too much. Like My dad traveled there a lot, um, particularly SoCal in that area, but he also spent a lot of time in San Francisco for work. Yep. So he had told me like a lot about it. But the thing that I remember, um, particularly the girl that I was dating at the time who I moved out here with, was like, I want you to move to California with me. And I was like, no, they have the highest rate of serial killers than anyone <laughs> In the United States, any other state, and so I was. That was That's like because a thing. we're the biggest state. I know you're also. We're also nuts here. I we're heard you bananas. almost say you instead of us. You're yeah. one of us now. I am. Welcome six to the... six plus years. Very nice. I know. Speaking of California phenomenon, we had a little earthquake last night. I slept through it. Mm-hmm. I, uh, it scared me a little bit. Did it wake you up? Or were you already awake? No, it shook me awake. Um. Whenever I feel an earthquake, I'm always like, oh, shit. Is this the one? Yeah. Yeah. Having been here for the 89 earthquake, I'm a little traumatized, but also... How was that? Was it truly, like... I uh, I was a little boy. I was being babysat at a friend's house, and uh, me and my brother and the younger of the kids uh, who live there uh, were downstairs watching a movie, and then... What almost, movie do you remember? I think it was Spaceballs. Oh, um, fun. Yeah. Um, and I remember everything was starting to shake and I thought that his older brother was upstairs jumping on the bed until <laughs> shit just started going crazy. There was like <laughs> pictures falling off the wall. And then, uh, his mom was like, quick, quick, get in the, get in the, uh, door, the door jam frame, right? or yeah, get under this table. And, you know, as a kid, when you see an adult freaking out, that's like, yeah, all of a sudden you're like, oh damn, maybe I'm not safe. Like they're always trying to make me feel like I am. That's, yeah, that's true. When, when when you're a little kid like that and an adult freaks out, it's a very terrifying thing. Hell yeah. My best friend, um, his grandmother's house burnt down when they were there, and they lived right on a lake in our hometown. And uh, he walked in. like They're all down on the dock. It was like a middle-of-the-summer kind of day. Um, and he walked up to the house to, to get something, and when he walked in, the kitchen was on fire. And he said when he went down and told his mom... Uh, she was in full clothes, like not bathing suit. He's like, the house is on fire. And she jumped in the water to make sure she wasn't dreaming because she saw like the flames going up. Oh, shit. Yeah. It was, uh, and he, um, it's kind of funny because he came down, uh, after he saw the thing on fire, he went to his room. So yeah, she jumped in the water to make sure she wasn't dreaming because she, uh, he told her that the house is on fire, and then she looked up and could see the flames coming out of the house, which was up a hill probably 50 meters from the place. But 
my best friend Alex, shout out to Alex, he uh, he'd walked into the kitchen and seen on fire, and then he went to his bedroom and got his little like. Do you remember those like super soakers where you wear the backpack with water in it? Oh yeah, those are cool. He had gotten one of those and apparently had tried to put it out himself. And, and then he walked down and told his parents about it. But yeah, that'd be like a like one of those uh, puff pieces they do for the news. Local boy puts out fire in his house with super soaker. Super soaker, yeah, yeah. The thing I remember about those, they just dripped on your back like crazy. Oh yeah. Um, my favorite one was where you could. Uh, change the nozzle at the front so it could shoot sideways so you could get like the secret attack in, <laughs> which I don't think ever worked. No, it worked in the commercial. That's about it. Yeah. They're like, we need to make a new gun that does the exact same thing. Yes. Shout out to Super Soaker, too. Where are you at, Super Soaker? Yeah. We can you know what's a funny? Sponsor. I've been watching you know, Twitch recently, watching people play games, and they have the ads that get through the ad block. Lots of. Um, Lots of Nerf ads out there. Oh, yeah. Nerf is bringing it. Like, I feel like that would be... Nothing uh, but Nerf is their catchphrase right now. I like that. Uh, it's funny thinking about, you know, all these tragic shootings and things happen and still fake guns are selling like crazy. Selling like crazy, yeah. yeah. So, uh, they have, like, automatic ones that, like, have, like, huge clips that you throw in there, too. My brother got me one of those, like, two years ago for Christmas, and I basically just scared the shit out of my mom's dog but it was cool you like, know, like the, the the ones that like shot the discs mm -hmm. that you'd like put into like a top loading gun yes. and shoot those same thing they'd shoot like me and my cousins they had one um they had a couple we'd be shooting each other and it was like 15 seconds of shooting and then five minutes of picking up discs and sort of the amount so we did the, the even amount but uh w when i was a freshman in college and Oof, 2005. Um, Who's counting? Yeah. I went to a, a party where the group, you had to bring some sort of a Nerf item. And it was like advertised, so to speak, for like a couple of weeks. And so if you showed up, you'd have to like bring a couple of Nerf things with you. Whether it was a Nerf football, a Nerf gun, a Nerf bow and arrow. Uh, That's but a thing? It, this is the early, mid-2000s. I was just going to say, like a Nerf crossbow. That'd be Yeah. Cool. You, didn't, you never saw those? No. They were, oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. it's basically the same, just a Nerf dart, basically, with, like, a shitty plastic crossbow. But uh, it was really, it was actually a really fun party. Um, Everyone just throws and shoots shit at everybody? It, it, yeah, I'm, I was so glad I didn't live in the place. that. Uh, actually, I did end up living at that apartment for a few months over that summer. Uh, at that party, I fell down a flight of stairs <laughs> and knocked over a couple when I was... Like a couple people? Uh, uh... A couple people, but also <laughs> this guy and this girl I didn't know. I, I was coming from, it was a duplex, and I was coming from the upstairs bathroom. And I had, like, cartoonishly fell down the stairs, like, head over heels a couple times and, like, knocked this couple over, guy and a girl, and just stood up and walked away like nothing happened. I don't remember this, of course, but this guy was, like, this huge meathead and was like, oh, like I'm going to go kick this guy's ass. He didn't apologize for that. And the guys who lived there were my friends eventually were like, Look at him. He's he's blacked out drunk. He didn't he didn't even realize he did this. I was like standing on a table doing like a Bruce Springsteen dance. Hell yeah! And uh, why don't you get that drunk anymore? Uh, well, because I just don't <laughs> you're like because I fell down the stairs. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't fall down a flight of stairs and not get hurt anymore. Also, I just responsible. Yeah, I hate even getting too terribly drunk. Yeah, like I don't I don't get drunk often. 
but when I do, I try to really make it count. You're like, what would that the equivalent like compared to the most interesting man would be like the most selectively drunk man? What would he drink? Well, actually, I know what he drinks. He drinks whiskey and bottles of wine and gin and tonics. Gin, oh, love a gin and tonic. Yeah. What uh, you uh, last time we hung out, you went to karaoke and we talked about the very funny story that happened, but you were supposed to sing some songs there. What were you going to sing? Well, I think we've had this conversation a couple times on the well, podcast. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know what you selected this night if you went with the classics we talked about before. No, I started with <clears throat> Alex Chilton by The Replacements. Mm, don't know that. You know. You, you, if I heard it, it, I would. Okay. Yeah. It's a good one. Mm. You know what's a good one? Huh. This episode of Our Limits we watched today. Oh, boy. What we're talking about. Yeah. So, uh, the last time we did... An Outer Limits. Wow, it's been a minute, huh? Mm -hmm. Was it? Probably look it up. It wasn't the Doogie Howser one, was it? No, the last Outer Limits was... Wow, no, actually, it's been a bit. Yeah, I think it was... Well, there's a few I've been wanting to do, but I think uh, we wanted to get Luke back on here for uh, one of those. So I was like, do we want to do a stupid Outer Limits or like a actually smart, cool Outer Limits? But... Uh, the reason I did this one was because I was like, oh, it's got Lou Diamond Phillips in it. LDP. La Bamba himself. La Bamba himself. And man, he lives up to it in this one. So uh, I was telling one of my buddies, I was like, yeah, I'm doing this episode of Outer Limits uh, with Lou Diamond Phillips in it. And he's like, dude, have you seen his daughter? Oh, man. And I showed you a picture of his daughter. It's crazy. Yeah. Like if, if she's a listener, um, <laughs> change your padlocks and your doors and all that stuff. Not change uh, your doors, change your locks on your doors. Well, it's just you know how like sometimes uh, you'll see uh, the child of uh, an actor, and you can kind of see the, the the resemblance a little bit, like um, Bruce Willis, Demi Moore's daughter. Yeah, you know what I mean. And you're like, oh, I can totally see both those it's people. Exactly, fifty percent of person smashed together, and you're like, I can't tell if. I'm into it or if I'm not. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, all right, I guess I'll check this out. Just picturing Lou Diamond Phillips with a wig. And I was wait, very... Wait, 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 wait. I just like how you... I just choose to think that you're like lying in bed at night. Like, just picturing Lou Diamond Phillips with a wig on. So, I don't know why, but every time anyone tells me, oh, I got a sister, or it's the, whatever, the girl version, I just imagine the same person with a wig on. So when you tell me about your sister, I just imagined you with long blonde hair. Okay, there's we can talk about slightly this less facial hair, probably. Eh, you never know. Debatable, uh, but yeah, this one uh, was interesting. To be honest, I don't even know if I know a, a second movie with Lou Diamond Phillips in it besides La Bamba. I don't know either. <laughs> L- Let's just call him LDP from the rest of the app. Okay, I, call I like that. it. LDP. Um, LDP. Yeah. So th- the way this episode starts is we see... Uh, what should we call Robot LDP? I called him Robocotter. Robocotter. Nice. Yeah. Um, but at first, we don't even know what, what the deal is. We just see, like, this guy who looks like a weird, like, doll man. He looks like he's made of clay or something, or like, like, um, I don't know, it just didn't look natural. It reminded me of, like, the Ninja Turtles. You know what it reminded me of? Yeah, it did look like he was made out of clay, um, but he reminded me of, like, 
uh, a half-assed version of, you know, that character Drax from Guardians of the Galaxy? Oh, yeah. Dave Bautista? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. He looks like him, but, like, not muscled and not, like, tattooed and not cool. I, okay, there's a lot I really, really want to talk about this whole thing. And we'll do it as we go along. But the first thing that came to my mind when I realized what was going on that uh, LDP or Robocotter was this, like, super soldier robot thing who can withstand all this is, like, if he's just, like, awesome, great soldier, he walks so robotic and so stiff. So that's one of the things I was... I noticed too. I didn't really make this note till maybe halfway through the episode, but I was like, sometimes he walks very robotic and then other times he doesn't. And I wonder if it's just the actor not being able to be consistent. Yeah. You know, maybe he just doesn't have all the physicalities down, but it is weird. And I don't know, maybe that's deliberately done. Lots of stamping when they're inside of like the science or like the testing area, the, the, the army base. So, okay, so... Uh, uh, Stamping, stomping? A robot man, basically, yeah. He comes into, like, a warehouse door and starts walking on, like, on these electric transformers. Like, it looks like a Tesla coil or something. I didn't understand what it was, yeah. The I transformer, think, and he, he, he's they're going having, up the ladder, and randomly his knee just, like, stops working, and he just, like works it back and forth <laughs> like an old man like whoa i got a little trick ankle <laughs> but it like goes forward past where a knee should be able to bend to yeah and well, and then he's fine and then i this, think what's that well i was gonna say i think what they're doing is they're testing uh this robot body against high voltage electricity well of course that's what they're doing so yeah they said they tried freezing it and like shooting it or something they, they, they tried freezing it. They tried shooting it. My question about this particular scene was, is this, like, coil, um, like, fueling this place? Or did they just build this giant coil for no reason just to test this thing out? I, I have a lot of questions about this whole military operation. This military operation that uh, is only includes four people yep. in a warehouse with no cameras or guards. And so let's go over who we have. We have uh, we have Doctor Greg. Yes. We got Pete. Yes. Uh, we have LDP Cotter McCoy. Yeah. And uh, then there's like the other like uh, like general the, dude. the general basically. We'll call uh, him the general. Uh, general Langston Chase Dale Wilson, the actor's name. And this is a four man team. So uh, on a billion dollar. <laughs> Uh, funded thing. Like, yeah. the, like this, this is a project that is has billions of dollars being poured into it. Do you? Uh, and that's the best they could get. That fucking doll-looking person. Well, I understand. You know, maybe taking like the the way that it looks is not the priority. It's how it functions. I understand that, but it is silly for sure. Um, there's like a lot of unnecessary things. I don't know. It's it is very funny. Okay. Well, back to what's going on is he's up the ladder. He fucking jimmies his knee around, but then he's like, "I have to fix this uh, transformer or whatever the fuck it is." Or, yeah. Or this this thing. He wants to go above and beyond and like. He really wants to test it out. Yeah. He's a soldier. He's the best. Uh, but he, when he fixes the thing, he just pulls this like fuse looking thing out and just. Puts it, smashes it around a little bit and throws it back in there. 
Like I, I, I kept them being like, man, it wouldn't be great if it's like the the old like Nintendo thing where you take it out and blow on it blow and on then it. throw it back in and it works. Hey guys, it uh, works for an eight bit. Yeah, it's got to. Hey, and it works. Um, and he comes back in, or he like walks towards where they're observing him from, and and they're all you know they're all psyched, uh, psyched, stoked. stoked. I yeah. was gonna say psyched, and I went with stoked. It works. They um, have, uh, and this is where he's basically like, oh, in just a minute. Basically, we find out that this robot man is a soldier who has had his brain scientifically somehow put into this vessel. So after this exercise is done, they take his brain or his mind out of the robot and puts it back into his human body. And this is the first time we see LDP. Okay. First thought that I have to get. This is what I wrote down when I was watching this the first time. Uh-huh. If this is some program where they're trying to create like an army of these robot things, are all of them going to look like LDP? Like, why would they design this thing and then be like, no, we have to make it look like the person whose brain is being transferred into, which we do later on yeah. also find out. But would, Okay. Like okay. I said, I'll get but to... That was the first thing I said, you know, like, is this like a Stormtroopers thing where they're all going to look like the first test subject? Um, why would they make them all look like him? Well, th- okay, so if they make different robot bodies, that means that there's a person there spending the extra time and money to shape this face yep. to look like the individual. So that's extra time and money. That's just what I'm saying. That's why it's billions reasons. of dollars. Oh, my God. Um, and... Clearly, the only person working on it is the scientist. Yeah. Because there's no one else part of this project. Well, he hasn't slept for a while. Well, okay. Okay. <laughs> there. This is going to take forever because this one is so chock full of bullshit. Did you see, um, did you notice when, when they first transfer his brain back to his body, they open up the little hatch and mm-hmm. we see, like you said, LDP for the first time. Robo cutter. No, just plain cutter. And... He's like, get me out of this thing. I'm hungry. And they like, like, he can't get himself out. They come over and they undo one Velcro belt around his midsection. Yeah. I was like, wait, you couldn't do that yourself? <laughs> well, okay. So as soon as they show Lou Diamond Phillips, I was like, God, why do I hate this guy so much? Like his smile uh, was so it's... smug. And I, I just got a vibe. I was like, he's not a good guy. No. I felt like. He must be a villain or he's something is going on in this situation. For some reason, I feel like he beats his wife just from the look on his face. It, you know what I also felt in that same note was like, I wonder if LDP himself, the person, thought he was above this but wanted the money for the episode and was like going in this being like. He's like, hey, man, I do films. Yeah. I'm. I mean, not plural. Well, I do, I, I do I, film. I, I did a film. I did a film. Now and, I'm doing uh, Outer Limits. And uh, we get introduced to our, our snarky friend, Pete. Yeah. So mm. this is where Lou Diamond Phillips is like, talk to the doctor. He's like, yo, dude, there was a problem with my knee. Uh, I need you guys to uh, to look at it. And he like pulls up the program and is able to like isolate like a line of code. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Isn't this guy just a soldier? How the hell is he able to... Like, look at the programming. Because sometimes it seems like he knows what's going on, and then other times he seems completely, yeah. like, oblivious to the, the technical. He asked the, the scientist, does this look like an XT43317 <laughs> to you? And he shows it to Pete. And Pete also is like, nope, that ain't it. And our scientist is like, 
I could have sworn I programmed that, uh, I replaced that program and all this stuff like that, and it doesn't make any sense. Um, and then he's like, that's what 36 hours without sleep will do to you. Yeah. And instead of like being like, hey, take a rest and then fix it, they're like, what's leave him to <laughs> is like guilt about. Yeah. Keep, keep, keep programming, dude. It's not time to take a break yet. Let him, let him be alone with his guilt. And then we, <sighs> we get introduced to Mrs. the most McCoy. cringiest relationship I've seen in one of these shows in a long time, though that we've done together in a long yeah. time. So this is, uh, we meet McCoy's wife. Sally McCoy. She uh, has like made dinner. I have a point I, I, I just thought of right now. Yeah. His last name's McCoy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, no spoilers or anything, but, well, sort of spoilers. He ends up getting trapped in the robot, but do you think the real McCoy and then Robot McCoy? Oh. Do you think that was done on purpose, like the last name? I bet you the dudes in the writer's room were like, yes. Yeah. And then nobody gives a shit or notice. No. Nope. Until 2019. <laughs> they were, they were patting themselves on their back. A, on a podcast. If it wasn't for us, yeah. no one would ever know. I, I picture that writing room, like, they're just sitting around, like, they got the they're, trash bin with, they like, have a, an action figure that's, like, half melted. They're like, what if... What if it looks like this? <laughs> well, I just picture them with like their spitballing ideas, and uh -huh. they have they're like you know they're like leaning back in their chairs. It's probably late on like a Thursday or Friday. They're almost done for the day, and um, they have the uh, the little mini basketball hoop above the trash bin. Hell yeah! And someone like shoots and drains it, and it's like real McCoy. Got it. Yes. They'll all know that. Nailed and then, it. No. All right, boys, wrap it up for the day. Our job is done. Sally McCoy. Can we talk about her a little bit? Um, so I'll talk about. Okay, let's just start with what happens. So she's she has she has dinner ready and she's like, oh, it's so good to see you. I love you. And then is about to ask him how his day was. But then is like all dejected and bummed out because she's like, oh, that's right. You have a classified military job. I can't ask you how your day was. And I was like, yeah, no shit. You knew that before you married and him. And he makes that point, but. It's also like, I, I have a theory that she was like just pill popping housewife <laughs> who's like doesn't work obviously because this guy's getting paid such I don't, good dollars. They they said nothing about her job. For, I mean, she stays cooped up in this house all day, doing um, God knows what. Mm. Oh, real quick, we we forgot to mention he has a line right after he talks about the glitch about the XT four three three seventeen. He goes. I don't want to be out there in the field up to my ass and alligators and have this thing happen. I was like, what the hell does that even mean? It's I mean, I secret. understand what it sounds like, but the branch is that of the military. A, was that a, in 98? Was that a phrase? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> up to my ass and alligators. Anyway, uh, back to, uh, our crazy housewife, Sally McCoy. Yeah. So essentially what this dinner establishes is that she has no idea what he's working on and he's keeping it hush hush. Um, and she gets all bent out of shape like a wet blanket. Yeah, and she then, changes moods so fast. She's I like, know. oh, I'm so happy you're home. Yeah. We're, we're having a, an erotic dinner nearly. Yeah. Um. And then they... Then how's she, your steak? <laughs> Did you know that scene? How does steak? He hasn't even tried it. He hasn't even cut into it. Yeah. She hasn't even tasted it. She's just cutting into it. And she's like, how's your steak? Cooked the way you like it? <laughs> I was like, oh my God, this is terrifying. Yeah, it is awkward. And then especially juxtaposed with how fast they get into bed with a very slow emotional sex scene. I thought their relationship was 
it made my skin crawl. Well, I didn't, like, I had to look and see, like, is this his wife? I was like, this just me must be some chick that he's banging. Like, but no, they, they're married. Like, it's not it's, like this is something new. It's like, does every day she's like, how is your dick? Oh, that's right. I can't. I it's think like, she just was, well, to your point before about LDP's performance, like, I feel like he really had the hots for this chick and was enjoying, like, all these little things. Sex he, scenes. He was so over the top with his, like, smile, and he's always this little coy responses mm -hmm. and all that stuff. I hated it. The yeah. sex scene in particular was, they rub noses. They fucking, uh, yeah. what do they call that? Um, Eskimo kiss. Yeah. Ugh. I yeah. couldn't stand it. The holding hands. Oh, yeah, while they're fucking. Oh, my God. I'm like, Jesus Christ, this lady. That's is, like lovemaking yeah. or whatever. That's like some weird, I don't know. And then my, that, so then the next day what she's wearing, <laughs> she's wearing a baggy long sleeve turtleneck tucked into high-waisted denim jeans. And I was just like, oh, this isn't the girlfriend. This is obviously a wife. Nobody. Yeah. <laughs> like, why are you putting her in such an unflattering outfit? Yeah, she's she's already locked it down. She doesn't have to worry about, <laughs> like, the guy waking up the next day and being like, oh, that, that's what you're wearing. Like, he just wanted to fuck. And she's like, no, hold my hands. Yeah. No, he was into that whole thing. I didn't like it. It's some nice side boob there, too, though. Not bad. For Outer Limits. <laughs> um, and so the next morning... We get reintroduced to Pete. Sneaky Pete, as I call him. So Pete uh, evidently has been friends with uh, Cotter for a long time. Yeah, it sounds like they went through like military training together, and they both earned their way. When we do find out, they both earned their way up around the same time. And but it also seems like Pete has, you know, obviously met and dealt with uh, his wife a lot. And I was wondering, I'm like, is there a thing where he wanted to be with her? Yeah, he says it. Well, later on, he's, he names a bunch of reasons why he's jealous of Cotter, but well, no, he no, no, never no. says anything about the wife. Yeah, he does. When? when? So she answers the door, and he comes in, and he's like, uh, you know, chatting her up, gives her a very nice uh, kiss on the cheek. Platonic. Mm-hmm. But then... Um, when LDP comes out of the shower or like whatever he's getting uh, dressed or whatever, he's like, hey, hey, keep your hands on my, off my wife. And Pete's like, well, if I'd have seen her first, it might have been my wife or something like that. Yeah. I'm like, that's so fucked up. Well, I was like, like, I thought that was supposed to be like cute banter. You think that is legit? He's like, he's imagine, like, if you weren't here, I'd be sliding into that right now. Well, basically, yeah. But he's also like, it also really makes her, it's very, um, misogynistic being oh like, yeah she's oh, nothing but a piece of property if, yeah if i had seen her first she would have no choice but she would have been with me well it's so at first i didn't know what pete's role was i was like oh. i i sniffed it out instantly well I, I was like is pete the bodyguard is he just like you know your driver because it seemed like all he was doing was picking him up and taking him to this place it's like why couldn't he go there but i, I don't know it was I wasn't really sure what was happening at first, but Pete comes back and we learn he's more than just uh, a person hanging out. He's like more of an in-depth character. Um, he's almost like, at this point you think he's, um, well, you find out he's like, if anything, he's like LDP's re replacement. Or, yeah. Or backup. Yeah. So that's exactly what he is. But yeah. we get that in a little bit. Um, 
cut back to uh, the lab. Um, Dr. Greg. Uh, we see they're transferring Blue Diamond Phillips' brain back into the robot body to do uh, some more tests for today. Um, but there's a little accident that happens. Yeah, he gets fried. Yeah. Uh, Hooked. Yeah, so they put his brain into the robot body, and then his human body that kind of chills out and stays inside this pod, um, what, the pod catches on fire or something like that? There's an explosion? Yeah, there's flames. Is this from a line of code that was messed up? I don't... Yeah, well, that's what they infer later. They infer there's some type of sabotage, like somebody did this, and I don't see how the, the doctor or scientist or whatever could have done this, it... Well, whatever. It's it's a little confusing, but uh, nonetheless, uh, his body, human body, gets fried up. He's inside the robot body. Robocotter starts opening the pod, and we see his body's all fried to shit. He's burnt up. Yeah. He's marshmallowed. So uh, the accident happens, and it cuts to uh, the scene where they have his body, and they're like... They're trying to... Uh, salvage what they can of his body but i mean it's been burnt up pretty bad yeah um what did you think about the the voice that comes out of the robot what do you mean the like just like the way they put a little filter on it oh it's it was kind of inconsistent i felt like there was a lot of inconsistencies whether it was his physicality with walking or his voice or what and i was just like were you guys in a rush you yeah. just needed to get the shit filmed or just no one gave a shit. I thought it was funny when they when they cut the scene. Uh, uh, Robo Cotter is stuck outside the glass windows and doors, and he's in like plain clothes now. Yeah, they put like uh, like he had time to go be like All military right. fatigue like pants and, and then like, like a sweatshirt. A, yeah, like a very like loose sweatshirt. Hoodie. Yeah, because they wanted to show his chest. Yeah, because they're like if we just show his face, it'll look too much like an alien. Yeah, but I mean. I, I guess it's, I just feel like one of the funny things that's like an ongoing joke for The Outer Limits is how bad the makeup is. Yeah. Like the original. Well, yeah, this one for sure. The original Outer Limits that came out in like the 60s and stuff was like, hey, Twilight Zone is really smart and well written. We don't have any good writers, so we're just going to show more monsters. And that was like mm. the whole niche that Outer Limits was, was, hey, we have more monsters and aliens and stuff like that. So a lot of the episodes do have funny makeup, um, like the Music of the Spheres one. But, oh, man, this one, like, it could have looked like a real robot, but they kind of went bio-robot. Yeah. I, I, ugh. So... There, there's doctors working on his human body. I will say the human body, when it's all cooked up on that slab. Oh, yeah. Actually, looked, it was a really well done. Um, makeups. Makeups. Yeah, I thought it was really good. I mean, they must have put all their focus on that one uh, one minute scene. I was going to say they spent all their budget on like sparklers for the, <laughs> oh, geez, for the yeah. beginning for the circuit breakers or whatever. They, uh, you know, he's all pissed off because he can't go in there. I don't know why they won't let him in there. Because he can't do anything. He's well, just hell of aggro. Exactly. But still, you'd be like, you're part of this four-person team. So, yeah, the general's like, to Pete, go out there and try to calm him down. And, uh... Sneak you, Pete. Yeah. How come Pete seems to know more about everything that's going on than Cotter does? Well, we find out he's the fucking snake in the grass we do but i just don't understand like 
if Cotter is the chosen one to do this project, if he's always coming up first, then shouldn't yeah. he have firsthand knowledge? Oh, no, there, there's a lot of this. Um, this is pretty much uh, strictly down to LDP's character being inconsistent with how much he knows. Yeah. The beginning of the episode, he knows about the 43317, <laughs> X43317, sorry. Um, and then... He, we come to find out during the scene that we're on right now where he doesn't uh, realize that the, the robot will keep breaking down over X amount of time. The mind will deteriorate or some bullshit like that. Yeah. He um, finds out. So we he finds out his human body is dead and that he's essentially trapped in this robot body. The scientist explains to him, you know, your brain function will soon begin to fail and your body is going to start having tremors and it's not going to work properly. Yep. And without, ha- without fail... His hand starts tremoring, like, yeah. spazzing like, out. Cutter, your hand, and it just fucking. Oh, that was convenient. Him just shaking his hand, dude. It's his so hands funny. were huge. His, he gross. looked like the Michelin Man. Like, <laughs> you know what I thought of was the thing from uh, Fantastic Four. Yeah, it is like his hand is twice the size of our regular hand. Yeah, you would think you would want more dexterity from a robot. No. Nope. Um, so yeah, he the the scientist gives him about twelve hours to like deal with stuff and they're like well unfortunately though you're not going to be able to go say goodbye to your wife or anything like that which is garbage which is totally ridiculous it's like at least bring her in and be like hey he's gonna die say goodbye or whatever yeah. and then sign an, an nda and uh, we'll compensate you for the rest of your life we're, we're getting billions of dollars if you, if you stay hushed about how your husband died we're, we're cool but yeah and also the 12 hours thing like he his first thing is like he wants revenge, basically. Well, he's he's pissed off because he feels like, oh, the the scientist must have ha- done this on purpose. How could this accidentally happen if this dude is all on top of it? It must have been done deliberately. And my friends and my boss want to do it, so it's just this other dude. Um, Fucking nerds. Yeah. So uh, Robocotter gets all pissed off. He, like, shoves Pete and the general into, like, a, a room and locks the door and he, then yeah, he rips the little like keypad off. So I don't know if you noticed this. I thought it was pretty funny that like uh, there's a scene uh, where the general and uh, Pete are inside this room and they keep uh, they're like, OK, we have to go uh, capture Cotter. We can't let him out because it's worth a bunch of money and all this stuff. And the whole time the general is having this conversation, there's a big picture of Bill Clinton in the background. Didn't hanging notice on the wall. that. It was so funny just because you're like. Wait, this dude wasn't impeached yet? No, for 98. This was like... Right about con- then. Economy is booming. That's why they get all this money for this funding, man. Oh, man. It was fucking... Um, that, that, that's really funny. I, um, I also didn't understand, like, if... why why Were they just going to try and capture him and let him die? Like, they said his brain was stuck in there, so the, the robot was going to break anyway. Well, at this point, I thought... First of all, there's only one robot body. So Mm. they'll be able to put somebody else's brain into this same vessel. You know what I mean? So however much money they spend on this, it still works the way it's supposed to. The only thing that messed up is this dude's human body. Yeah. So essentially, this is just, yeah, a a very expensive piece of technology that shouldn't get out. Okay. This is a huge flaw, in my opinion, in the the whole thing is – Okay, so the more time that a human brain is inside this robot, the faster, or the it just starts breaking down. 
mm-hmm. yet the LDP has been inside of this thing many, many times, it sounds like. Is it like just in consecutive hours that it'll break down? Or like, because you think if it was in there for four hours this day and then four hours the next and then four hours the day after that, that's 12 hours. Shouldn't this thing fucking be breaking down? But they take them out of it every day. Right. But so does it recharge? Like, I don't understand it. Like, does the mileage that's reset? That's what I thought. Does the mileage reset, so to speak? I, what I, from what I understood is that your consciousness needs to be inside of a human host. And if it's not after a certain amount of time, then it gets deteriorated, having nothing to do with the robot itself. So it starts malfunctioning to the robot or like sending weird signals to the hand to start fucking Ooh. jumping around? Maybe. No, no. See, I... I, I yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> that's a really good point. I don't know. No, that, that drove me nuts. Anyway, well, yeah. I mean, this is a goofy episode. Whatever. Anyway, yeah, so... Um, Cotter... Uh, we get that porch scene. Robo Cotter goes, and we see his wife again in a another turtleneck. Hey, got to <laughs> keep that neck warm. Um, Robo Cotter like rings the doorbell and like hides in the bushes so he can talk to his wife um, because he looks hella ridiculous. He looks like um, Death from uh, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Oh yeah, you know what is. I mean. He's like wearing a hood and he's all pale and like has no. F- like eyebrows or features. It, to me, it reminded me again of like Raphael from the first Ninja Turtles movie. Oh, he's yeah. like wearing like the, the thing trench coat. The, yeah, the trench coat. Oh, yeah. Okay. So another p- qualm I had with this. What? He's talking to her from the bushes and his voice doesn't sound right and she still recognizes it. She doesn't see him. She's just like, oh, that must be you. If you had 12 hours left to live mm-hmm. and you're with your, my computer, just something weird. Anyway, um, you had 12 hours left to live. Wouldn't you just like be like, okay, maybe you start in the bushes and be like, I'm a robot. This is me. Obviously, you know. And then just confront her and be like, this is me still. I'm sorry. This is the last few hours we're going to have left with my conscience together. Not do this whole like talk to you from the bushes and run away thing. I know. It's like you're already married to this person. Don't you think that your bond would be more important? Exactly. Than- yeah. I agree. Well, so, obviously, their bond was uh, terrible. Yeah. yeah, they're fighting about the same shit every day. Um, so he's talking to her and being like, yeah, I just wanted to to see you. Something happened, you know, at the, at the base. And uh, he starts talking to her and then all of a sudden ha- starts tripping out and having, like, a seizure. And she, like, runs over and sees him. She's, like, a little bit startled, but then... The next scene, she's in, he's inside the house. Like, she, like, scooped him up, brought him inside, and it's like, oh, no, it's cool. Like, this guy, it, for all intents and purposes, is a monster. Do you think they built a, a dick on that thing? Didn't they show it without pants at first? Oh, I don't know. That would be... Maybe, maybe like, a, they have, like, a, a big gun. old hog. Yeah, I was going to say. Oh, my it. God, if it was an actual gun. Yeah. I could picture a scene where, like, he's in, like, a, a terrorist, like... Yeah. And then they like are torturing him, and then like all of a sudden the fucking where his crotch is, this is like whoosh, boner pops up and just starts. I'm imagining um, shooting bullets. You remember in from Dust Till Dawn, Tom Savini, the guy he like has a, a gun for a dick, and it's like two, the barrels are they his balls. the balls. Yeah, yeah. That that's what totally. I'm picturing. Nice. Yeah, and that thing flips around for her. <laughs> it's a big old fucking cock. Look out! I'm gonna blow a load through the back of her. It's fine. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Um, 
So he's kind of like, yeah, this is what happens. He explains everything to her really quick. Um, and then after he explains everything to her, uh, all of a sudden a military team starts storming his house. Um, Stormtrooper aim, by the way. Yeah. Everybody in the scene has Stormtrooper aim. Yeah, so he's walking past a glass door, sees this the military. This was the best, <laughs> the fucking punch he, like, sees through. Him. Yeah. He punches this dude through a glass door, grabs him by the neck, and pulls him into the house. It was the best thing. I fucking stopped and cackled. <laughs> I paused the, the stream that I was watching and laughed so hard. And then I rewound it again after the whole scene because I had to make sure I had actually had noticed what had happened. He fucking punched the guy through the, 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 the door, through the glass door, and then he eats a couple of bullets in the back. Yeah, because, okay, so then more military dudes come through his front door, and they start shooting, it looks like, just at the wife. Yeah. I, I wonder if that was deliberately done because they knew that they couldn't hurt him with bullets. Okay, that was what I was just going to say, was I don't understand their whole approach to this. This whole last part is tricky to me because they already explained that how he basically is indestructible. indestructible, and they're like, why are you coming out with guns? Like, well, also, it seemed like the dudes who were shooting at them also just weren't aware of what the hell was going on. Because then Pete comes in and he goes, oh, wait, 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 don't. Yeah, don't like, shoot her. Don't, don't shoot, shoot the her. car. Yeah. Um, and it, it it gets yeah more but confusing yeah, a little this bit. Is, but yeah, this is exactly what you're talking about because Cotter picks up a like assault rifle and everybody is shooting at each other, I would say, four feet from each other. Like, they're in the same room. And, and this guy is supposed to be, or this robot is supposed to be this, like, super soldier and can't fucking hit two guys five feet from him in the living room. Like, yeah. I, I... They're not Lord. moving. No. They're standing there. There's just, like, sparks shooting off everywhere around them. <laughs> they take off. They get in the car. They, you know, he, he tells them not to fire. Hold your fire. Whatever the fucking bullshit he says. And then his next plan is to go and, like... He goes... Kidnap... The he, scientist's dad he or goes like to hold the, him hostage? He goes to the scientist's house because I don't think it's the scientist's dad's house because... You think he's taking care of his dad? Yeah, I think that's oh. what's happening because when he runs over to the house later, he just opens the door. I'm like, oh, really? You got the keys to the front door? Wouldn't you have the keys to your dad's house? I guess. I just feel don't, like... You probably do have the keys to your dad's house. I know, but my situation's a little different. I'm no, not a scientist. Not. You're, oh, that's the only thing? <laughs> All right. Well, okay, yeah. So Cotter goes either to the scientist's house or to his dad's house, whatever the case yeah. is. I'm, I'm sorry, I made a trip to the point. Um, and then from the house, he calls the scientist at the military base, and he's like, I need to talk to you. Come alone. Don't tell anybody. And he just, he kind of just doesn't directly threat, but makes it known. He hey, it. Yeah. He's he, like, get yeah. your shit. He gets or there. else your dad's in trouble. And it takes a little bit of coaxing, but he finally gets like, yeah, someone screwed the coat up. Yeah, Cotter comes in, and uh, so the scientist enters. Cotter's like, I want you to help me. And he goes, no, there's nothing I can do. And then he puts him in a chokehold, and he goes, okay, I'll explain what happened. Like, he just had to get rough with them a little bit. And he, he kind of, um, that's when he lets the sabotage theory drop. Yeah. And that's when we're like, okay, maybe there was some foul play in what was going on here. This whole thing was as obvious from the opening two minutes to me. What? That, well, so we end up finding out, so we get, 
They sneak into the into the army lab again. Oh my god, fuck this scene. This scene, this scene was it got me so fucking pissed. Yeah. So they're like, well, how are you going to get into this military base? They say, shoot on sight. There's no way that you can be able to get in there. And it's like, when you think of military base, you think, okay, there's a whole fucking army of dudes trained to protect this place. Just in the cameras. Everything you can think of. So, nope. Yeah. Just a couple Com- guys at a gate. Robocotter's like, don't worry, I'll get in. And then we have uh, Miss McCoy and the scientist go up and try to, I don't know, trick... A guy, like a guard. He he fucking big digs him. I, he, I I know. This is so ridiculous. This is the same type of thing where it's like, hmm, I could call my superior, but I'm not. Yeah. I'm just going to make this judgment, and that's fine. Maybe he's and been read up a couple times. And there's like no fucking cameras on no. this military base. It makes no goddamn sense. It, like, it, it's, it was one of those things. I was like, this is the biggest suspension of disbelief I've had to make yet. Really? I, I'm... No, I mean, because you knew... I believe... Okay, I believe you could put someone's brain into a robot body more than I believe there's nobody guarding this fucking military yeah. base. Yeah, and this is, like, the hugest... Like, they're on, a, you know, like, stage five alert. Like, the highest degree oh, of yeah. security protocol going on. This guy's a deadly weapon. This, this guy essentially just gets a- fucking talked down by some nerdy scientist and the wife of the person who is, like... Their priority target, right? I know. And, like, the guard guy's like, I don't know. That's his wife. And she's like, that's not him anymore. He's gone crazy. He's like, okay, you can go in. He's like, she's got a total neck. (laughs) I know. Showing off those goods, you know, the face. All right. Uh, (laughs) So then we have a great little scene of of Robocotter, like, going through vents and up and down things. Breaking into a a military base and hiding inside the walls where there's plenty of room to get around. For a giant, clunky, dumb robot guy. Whose motor skills don't work right. No. Did you notice he did, like, at one point... This is where I was like, whoa, he's not walking like a robot at all. No. And he has this great thing where he does the old punch it to fix it. Yeah, that's when his leg is, like, malfunctioning. It's just, like, that classic thing, like... Hit it enough times, it'll be fine. Oh, yep, he's fine. Same thing with the uh, microchip at the beginning. You just give a little tough love and yeah, that's all it takes. Um, and so we get in there and we find out Pete's fucking done transferred himself. Pete. So Pete, is, we like it's pretty much implied that Pete is the one who fucked around with the code. Um, so they have uh, the wife, the scientist, and now Cotter has now entered the room and they're in the room with the pods. And they open the one up that uh, was where uh, LDP's human body was. And it opens up and we see Pete's unconscious human body in there. And then the big reveal. Yeah, Pete comes out. Through the door behind them. He fucking, and we are like, oh, now you're in a robo Okay, body. this was when right. my thing from the beginning was yeah, yeah, like, me too. wait, do did they have this thing like... To look like Pete just, like, in storage in case something happened? Or does, like, the robot, the first time you, like, go into it, like, mold itself? No, it's not the case at all. It's just fucking shitty TV show so you can tell the difference between the two people. Oh, that is a good point. That's exactly what it was. Because if they were these, like, clone clone trooper things where it's, like, they're both LDP-looking robots, people would be confused and not know what to do. Or not know who was who. To root for, yeah. Yeah, it, it was... It drove me fucking nuts. Scientist gets fucking one punch knocked out. You know who? Uh, uh, you know how we were like describing uh, um, Robo Cotter mm-hmm. uh, for her for Robo Pete. 
I wrote Ben Affleck plus Frankenstein. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. That's a great description. I was like, well he, done. He looks so fucking weird. Like he didn't look scary at all. And like, I don't know. It just seems strange that it's like, well, what was your plan? To sacrifice this so your friend gets killed and then hope that everything works out so you could be the one to test this? Like, what like were you going to get a promotion? Like what was your end goal? Well, I think it was the promotion because um earlier in the episode the the general's like I just got back from Washington and you're doing line for a big promotion. Oh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I think he that established uh well, later on he talks or during the end scene where he's like you always got the the promotion, you always got the first and this, the first and that, blah blah blah. Yeah. Um and then we have uh, the confrontation where, again, he, he fucking one-taps the uh, the scientist, Greg. Well, yeah, so just before we get into that, uh, something you were starting to talk about was uh, this is when Robot Pete explains his motivations for why he's did all this. And this is when he reveals that he's just, instead of being Lou Diamond Phillips' actual friend, he's actually been secretly jealous and hated him because he's always been second best the whole time. It's essentially the same uh, plot from Talladega Nights. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, you're always number one, and I'm always number two. Can't you just let me get in there a little bit? Um, same thing with his wife. Well, that was the thing. I was like, he mentions all, like, you were in front of me for promotions and base training and all this stuff like that, but he never actually said, and your wife, too. I think it was probably implied, but... They implied that in the beginning, again, like, when he's like, um, you know, if I had seen her first, so... Yeah, they, I guess they, you're right. Yeah, I, I am right. <laughs> um, you're right. So then they have their fight scene, and I couldn't understand why a freshly transferred robot... Uh, isn't kicking the ass of a robot that's breaking down. Oh, that for sure. But also, they're punching each other. And we've established that these things can take, like, bullets, electricity, shots. Frozen, all that. Do, and But they're, like, grunting and and making noises. Like, this like hurts, it hurts them. them. I, I, it fucking drove me nuts. I couldn't understand it. I, I didn't like the fight. Um, You're right. You would make no sound if they're not your real muscle strength. You're not getting have the no air knocked feeling. out of you. No. You're just, it just was like, it, you would basically be passively watching, not feeling anything. Yeah. And, and they're not going to like, unless you could like rip the other thing's head off, or you're not going to be able to, even then it wouldn't matter. I don't, I don't know. It was, I so didn't like it. They're like wrestling. They're like grabbing each other. And like during this, Cotter tells his wife, turn on the machine, because the scientist has been knocked out. So yeah. uh, he tells his wife to turn on the machine. The red button or something like that, yeah. right? And I'm like, wouldn't Robo Pete be very aware of what's going on? You're like, nope. You know, orchestrating a plan right in front of him. And then uh, the fight scene happens. Uh, they put Robo oh, Pete's... Well, you don't notice, but like Robo Pete's head tilts forward. No, no, no sorry, Robo, I'm sorry. Human Pete's head tilts forward in the thing. Yeah. So apparently, so you, if you're like six inches from the thing, that stupid head contraption uh, doesn't know, transfer your it's not brain properly. Mm -hmm. So uh, Robo Cutter puts Robo Pete's head on the other side of the pod. It sucks his brain out, but because it doesn't have the human body for it to go into, that's just the end of Pete. Yeah. So also, why don't What's the point of the little door on the fucking 
on the little like contraption that where they transfer their the minds like it because he just holds them in there he just holds uh robopede in there oh like the door the doesn't door have serves to be no purpose no yeah you're right it just looks cool. It's like a little, like, like gondola, uh, not gondola. Um, it, it looks like the like contraption wind. from The Fly, from David Cronenberg's yeah. The Fly. Yep. And it, I thought it worked. I mean, it might as well be the exact same thing from The yeah. Fly. Um, but instead of combining things, it just sucks your brain from one point to the other. Yeah. And this is like, okay. So then there's no body hooked up. Pete's gone. And then cut to the next day. Um, well, the scientist wakes up. And the scientist like, wakes up. Like, oh, and he kind minute. of gives a knowing look. Because he had said, like, where are we going to find a willing host? Yeah. He kind of alludes to he there might be willing, a solution. The what? The, the, this host was not willing. No. But I think it was just a brain dead body. Yeah. Um, Fresh. Yeah. It's still alive. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait. did it, I wonder if it had any, like, body functions. Does it keep it alive? Is that what it does? It I keeps have, your heart rate? Mm, I don't Okay. <laughs> They're not going to explain it. <laughs> okay, but, right. Yeah, cuts to the funeral. Uh, we see uh, the scientists talking to uh, the wife at the funeral, and uh, we see uh, the wife, Miss McCoy, now standing next to Pete's body. Um, alive. Yes, alive, having not been dead. Very again. close to her. And then she calls him Cotter. So it's the pretty obvious ending of, oh, we'll put Cotter's brain into Pete's body. What do you think? About their sex, yeah, about, oh, yeah. I was just gonna say this. I was like, so she basically what is if like, she like rolls it out, and she's like, damn. <laughs> yeah, she's like, no more turtlenecks for me. I'm well, fucking just, wild now. I thought about it like uh, as someone who's been multiple relationships before. Ooh. Well, I mean, most of them are with you. <laughs> um, but like, if I was in that scenario, if I was with someone who had this thing happen where their brain switched and they're a completely different body but yeah. the same person it's like basically you're like i get to cheat but i yeah. don't get in trouble for man it. the future baby dude that would be rad like you could just like if you were like had a couple like you guys just change your bodies every couple years and go to a new model it's so that way you're always having like the hottest sexiest whatever well think in. about um what's her name from uh x-men uh who can just change mystique mystique imagine dating mystique and just being able to be like no, 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 now be Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> no, 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 now be... And, like, of course you probably break up with it because you're, like, not just, you know, you're just being, like, no, no, be someone else. But that would be fucking cool. Yeah. You're, like... Choose, like, your booty call. Be, like, no, no, no. Will you be my uh, seventh grade math teacher? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? You can my do parents, anything. Uh, my babysitter from when I was, like, seven. <laughs> yeah. Whatever you want. Mm. What would be your go-to? To to be, like... If, if it was, like, the, if you had, like, a one-off with Mystique... And you can only pick one person for her to like transform into. It could be someone famous. It could be someone from your childhood. It could be whoever. Oh, man. Uh, that's, that's tough. That is tough. I'm like, how do I even know? Oh, I got it. Lou Diamond Phillips' daughter. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, baby. That was a setup for you right there. That was a good one. That was an alley-oop. I mean, honestly... I probably would <laughs> probably be the real answer. I'm trying to think what I would do. She's a babe. She's a babe. Robo babe. Cue it in. She's a babe. She's a robo babe. I'm trying to think. Do I go famous or do I go with like like a childhood? Like, I remember I had a babysitter, a huge crush on when I was like, 10 I think years we old. talked about this during the Eclursa. Are you afraid of the dark? Right, we did. I think, well, if it's Mystique and she's like, I'll be whoever you want to be, 
I think I'm going Jennifer Love Hewitt from the like late 90s, early 2000s. No, you did last summer? Oh, yeah. All like right. when she was uh, in her prime. Yeah. Yeah. Jennifer Love, huge tits. There it is. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was uh, Identity Crisis. Yeah. It was uh, certainly a crisis as far as the episode goes. <laughs> what? Uh, let's get into our ratings real quick before we end here. All right. Time for some creepy crawlers. Very good. Thank you. Um, do you want to start? Yeah. Take it away. Okay. So I haven't I haven't really thought about um, the ratings uh, that much. I watched this one three or four times because we just I thought we were gonna do it uh, earlier last week, but we didn't. Um, overall, comparing this to the other uh, outer limits we've done. I thought it was similar, but dumber, if that's possible. Lou Diamond Phillips is not a great actor. Probably a great guy. I mean, he's got good seed, as we know, uh, <coughs> based on your infatuation with his daughter. And um, it just, I don't know. It it was tough. I enjoyed, I really enjoyed watching the episode. I truly did, which is going to boost it up a little bit. But it was so chock full of holes and things they didn't explain and stuff that you just, like, I was, like, smacking myself in the head, like, why would you smack my forehead? Why would you do that? Why would you do that? Um, so it's going to get a, above a five because I would rewatch it, which is where I said my my ratings usually go. Anything above a five, I could rewatch it with someone else. I'm going to have to give this 5.75 creepy crawlers just based on the goofiness of it yeah but not on it actually being like because i saw everything happening from a mile away i knew instantly with that first line that pete says where he's like oh it's not the machine it's the driver when when uh they're like oh yeah you're such a good soldier ldp they had no chemistry you know what i'm gonna go right down with a five oh. this was right this was maybe watchable again okay LDP and the and his wife have the worst chemistry. It's disgusting. I hate the way they kiss. Oh yeah, that's the bad. noises and all that shit. But yeah, that's five five creepy crawlers for me. Don't do that. All right. Um, so I like the Outer Limits. I like science fiction. It's fun to to have some of these episodes mixed in. Uh, one of the things I did like about this was. It was a science fiction story that wasn't pertaining to aliens or monsters. It's a science fiction story to do with technology, and it seems like something feasible that could happen in the near future. Um, that being said, it was kind of goofy. It did have a lot of plot holes in it. I think one of the things is that when I first was watching it, I didn't know where it was going to go. I was like, oh, what I thought was going on at first was there's a robot and then there's a human version and maybe the robot was self like messing with its own code so that way it could seduce him and take over and i thought if the robot was going to be in the human body the human was going to be in the robot body i mean only half of that came true and then all of a sudden when his human body gets destroyed i was like oh shit now what and mm -hmm. i was like okay this is a little bit different than i expected because i thought it was they're going to go away from himself, and then in the end, he was going to come back. Everything's going to be tied up with a neat bow. It circumvented some of my expectations, but essentially did exactly what I had thought. Yeah. Um, the scene where they 
bluff into the military base made me crazy. Here's a question. At the end, Pete and, or Cotter's body, Cotter's inside Pete's body, and now they're going to live happily ever after. Isn't he still in this position? Like, aren't they going to be in like, hey, uh, looks like something happened with the robot. We don't have any cameras in here, but now the project is completely scrapped. Like, it, this isn't the yep, first time that this has points. happened. And it's like, so what? Now you're going to be like, Pete is going to be like, uh, yeah, I don't know anything that Pete's supposed to know. Yeah, when, but, like, what when Pete goes and sees his family. Yeah, no. It, okay, that was a big problem for me, too. That's, I was like... That knocked it... I, I didn't make the point, and you're, and you're making it now, but that was a huge reason why I was like, this makes no sense, like, after the episode. Yeah. Fuck this uh, shit. Yeah, fuck 5.5. 5.5. Good. Yeah, That's I a like pretty it. low one for That's me. That's a low one for you. I'm much more of a... Stickler? Uh, stickler. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, outer Limits. Identity crisis. I swear to God. So there, there are some good ones. Believe me, there's some good ones. When we get Luke back on here, we'll do, uh, we'll do the human operators. Just okay. That was yeah. Fun. No, I have that written down, so I'm excited. Very cool. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening. As usual, if you want to reach out to us, please feel free to hit us up on Twitter at Short and Spooky, and on uh, at, on Gmail or on any sort of email, uh, Short and Spooky at gmail.com. Uh, hit us up, like, subscribe, tell your friends about us, uh, tell your lovers about us. Um, anything you want to leave on, John? What do you What do you do in the rest of the day? Um, yep, sounds good. I guess I'll watch some more <laughs> Outer Limits. Really? You're going to subject yourself to that? I don't know. Maybe I'll uh, come through some old hitchhikers or something. Okay. Oh, you want to get you want you missed that booty, dude. I was telling you, um, I I was telling uh one of my friends friend of the podcast jenny lou what's hey, up jenny. jenny you're pregnant uh, and married we get it yeah uh i was telling her because she listened to one of the episodes when we were doing the legend of billy b and she's like was that guy's ass really that great and i was like check this out what'd she think <laughs> we were getting a little hot uh flustered there a little Ooh. hot under the collar i mean i don't know hey calm it down it defies gravity i don't understand did she it. leave her husband for her uh, the hitchhiker <laughs> for, for a uh, uh, 30 second intro on YouTube that's all fuzzy mm-hmm. yes yes she did hey can't blame her um, if I accidentally have my human body destroyed and I come knock on your door in the middle of the night hiding in the bushes <laughs> okay and explain to you oh no that, you don't have to hide in the bushes <laughs> would you uh, help help sneak onto a military base with me hell yeah I would. What if, uh, what if this same story happened, but like with another gender? Like, what if the robot, like, what if Pete was a woman and Cotter went into a woman's body at the end? Oh, that'd have been great. And like the wife's like, I guess I'm gay oh, let now. Me all. Yeah. Hmm. What about like a you know a hundred years in the future when the robots have taken over? Can't wait. There's a version where the robots are transferring into human bodies, and the same thing happens. What if instead of Pete being a, a, another white guy, it was a dog? Oh, man. <laughs> Let the dog wanted revenge. But they're man's best friend. Yeah, but he's always first in the door, eating yep. his dinner before the dog does. Mm-hmm. He's the alpha. Well, you know he's going to bang Sally doggy style. 
which is something she, I don't, judging by their one sex scene, she's never experienced no. anything besides hand-holding, like just sitting on top of a person. <laughs> you know LDP was so into that scene, too. Like, he was like, because she was topless, and so he's looking at some teats. But, yeah, that's uh, that's the episode. This is it. Uh, Tommy Jr., if you're listening, um, we are both still ourselves. We have not had our brains transferred into different bodies. What if uh, Tommy Jr. is a robot? I would still, I would still love you, Tommy. We still approve of your life choice to be yeah. a robot. Mm-hmm. All right. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, robots. Bye-bye. Bye.